0: <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> I'm I'm having these weird dreams. Uh I'm, I'm seeing Zendaya. I'm seeing people with blue eyes. Uh, I'm seeing sunsets and lens flares. Uh, oh, where where am I? Uh, oh, my God. My mom is super hot for no reason. Um, uh, 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 and my dad is also super hot and makes me feel weird things. Uh, uh, where am I? Uh, am I in Arrakis? No. I met Pat and John on their best behavior.
1: And you're still an only child. <laughs> if that wasn't evident. Hello, listener, and goodbye, listener. Welcome <laughs> to
0: another episode of Pat and John on their best behavior. I'm Pat Paul.
1: I am John. I'm Bond. John Bond. Oh...
0: Pat and John and their best behavior is a podcast where two college friends bond and berate each other over their love of,
1: oh, 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 fuck. The three P's. Come on. Three P's.
0: From Paddington Mm -hmm. to pop punk Mm -hmm. to Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Ah. hi everyone welcome <sighs> the cinema's back um it is and, with, some, um, with
1: some impressive box office returns to its with, name
0: right we're not seeing any of those returns but they do no. are they are going to someone um uh, let, let's get right into it i don't want to do football hour and i don't want to recently do the recent crypto hour
1: Sure, um, sure, which is good because our listeners don't want you to do either of those things either. I
0: typically struggle to just get to the point of the episode. But there have been two big popcorny movies mm-hmm. that have come out the past couple weeks. No Time to Die, Uno, mm-hmm. and Dune. Dose. Deux. Well, I, right. I want to yeah. say yeah Deux because right,
1: right, of right. Uh, Denis Villeneuve. I'll allow it. It's, it's the last that I'll hear of that kind of nonsense on this podcast. Uh, but I, I will allow you get one.
0: So, guys, we just wanted to give you guys a couple reviews, little discussion. Uh, warning, there will be spoilers for both movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I edit the episode, I will give timestamps for both movies. Perfect. So Perfect. if people haven't seen Bond or
1: if they haven't seen Dune yet... Now remember, uh, Pat, you can... you're you're saying that on the episode, so that means that people are going to expect that when they check the episode description, okay. well, those timestamps are going to be there. So yeah, this uh, is, this is, yeah, okay. Pat Pat, right. Pat is just is he's just uh, plastering Stick. his his uh he's wallpapering notes. his apartment <laughs> with sticky notes right now.
0: I'm actually tattooing it on my yeah. hand like memento.
1: He's, he's writing it on like he's writing every single letter letter on a different <laughs> uh, sticky note. Um, but yes there yes we will get into spoiler territory we have both seen these movies very recently I think I saw one of them last week or two weeks ago and then the yeah. other just a couple days ago so they're pretty pretty fresh in our memories yes. I mean they're they're still they're still you know they only came out within the past few weeks and this is these are two kind of like big momentous movies both well, for like oh sorry go ahead
0: Oh, I was gonna say, and they were both pushed and pushed and right, pushed, right. because the 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 hope was that you know they would pay off theatrically, and it looks like it that was a the right thing to do.
1: Are these kind of like the last holdovers, like last major holdovers from twenty twenty? Can, can we say that like that is all behind us now? I mean, I don't along say- along with the along with the pandemic, obviously. <laughs> um i think so yeah that sounds right so i don't know is i don't know if the new spider-man movie i don't think that was originally slated for no i think that was i think they made
0: that during the 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 plague time right the pandemic um so yeah um we just thought we'd give you guys quick quick little reviews discussions um but i think we're both kind of excited I mean, things did feel somewhat. I feel like watching both of these movies in a was a very communal experience, and it was something kind of like, "Oh, this is over," but it also feels good to go
1: back. Totally, yeah. You know? And it's kind of like, for me at least, it's like it's jumpstarting a pretty like relentless um, next sure. few months as it pertains to like movies coming out. Like just this week, that there there are two movies that. I want to catch the French Dispatch and um, one night in Soho. uh, No, sorry, last night in Soho. um, Mm. And uh, yeah, like I feel like that's gonna be pretty like standard for the next few weeks. And there's plenty of stuff that is not coming to me, but I'm also able to, you know, find somehow on the internet or on streaming services. So (laughs) this is uh, this is this is this is me gearing up uh, to to yeah stay stay caught up on on, uh, everything pretty much from now until like, you know, February. And then from there we will start it all up again and hopefully be like in a normal, that's me knocking on several different sources of wood, uh, in my bedroom. Um, yeah, hopefully like being a normal like release schedule and just be, you know, essentially exactly where I was in 2017, except I don't have a lovely plastic, card red card with movie uh. pass imprinted on it so you know you can't fully return
0: why I... oh, I've had it in my wallet for so long and I think I did
1: I did purge of it the last time I cleaned my wallet I think I may have said this on the episode in which we discussed going to the movies um, yeah but uh, I believe that my card was I sacrificed it for some people to use it to um cut up some substances sure. at a party and honestly that sure. feels very fitting that feels like a fitting. sure it well it,
0: it's a metaphor for the app itself it's a metaphor <laughs> yeah, for yeah. Le- <laughs> yeah it was because
1: <laughs> people used whatever money uh yeah. that they did get from it probably just to buy some of that substance well and also we as the moviegoers
0: uh saw movies in such a quick fashion and then all of right. a sudden we showed yeah. up and uh the addiction was over and it was a uh, cold turkey and a uh, cold cold morning. The party was um, why don't great? We do the hangover not so much. When speaking of hangovers, hey, oh, um yeah. why don't we go in chronological release order? Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. So why don't we talk about Bond? Now, listeners will know from our sort of card counter um uh most anticipated, most movies, anticipated re- end one. of the year. I was very excited about no Time to Die. Yeah, it was one of your one of your five. I believe. One of my five. Yeah, and um, I know you are not a Bond guy, which I actually was learning in real time there. Right, it was a bit shocking. Mm-hmm. I, I have to say, it was a bit bit shocking. Um. Uh, so why don't you go first? I okay. Uh,
1: <laughs> what is James Bond time... is.
0: <laughs> yeah, start at Doctor No and yeah. uh, end here. Um. <laughs> The movie is about, um, you know, as we said before, spoilers, um, Bond is retired for real this time. He is living in Jamaica, Mm -hmm. um, hashtag British colony. (laughs) And, um, he is called back to service by the new 007, Mm -hmm. who appears nothing like the old 007. Right. And he is told that, uh sort of a, a woman in his past who you're sort of shown during the exposition of the film. there's uh, something's happened with her. something that her, something in her past came back and there's a, a, a person in her past rather who is unleashing a, a new pandemic on the world. Um, yeah, I didn't like that part. Um, <laughs> and Bond is brought out of retirement and fights along this new 007 to uh, again save the day. Um, that's the synopsis. But I guess we can just get spoilery into this. Um, I saw this packed showing, mm. packed showing. Um, people were coughing the whole time, but <laughs> that was three weeks ago. So we're Gucci. Um, I, do you I see guess, IMAX? John, come on. <laughs> no, of course I saw it IMAX. Um, I am a, a huge Bond fan. I'm a huge Daniel Craig fan. Um, Skyfall is one of my favorite movies of the, it's like probably one of my favorite popcorn movies ever. Um, and I have to say the movie itself was a numbing experience. Okay. It was a numbing experience. I felt like where Skyfall took the hero that is James Bond mm-hmm. and the politics of sort of uh, like MI6 going to places and fucking them up and then having, you know you know, kind of like actually someone fighting back one of their own sort of, uh, you know, wanting to rub their faces in it. Right. I thought that was like the logical conclusion for the series. Sure. Sure. And I have to say um, this movie started out for me so well. You know, we're sort of, it's like a horror movie to open it up. We meet, you know, Remy Malik's villain. And it's this sort of beautiful sequence in the snow on ice. And then I think, except for a few set pieces, I was so blunted. Obviously, I was blunted by the fucking, the assault on my ears in the <laughs> IMAX. Um, I thought... Living like I you had just,
1: never seen Sound of Metal.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really should have brought in my earplugs for it. But other than that, I felt like... There were really no stakes to the film, and I, I, I was just so bored by all by hitting all the marks of a Bond film by the sure. end. Um, and spoiler alert: um, they do kill James Bond is killed, but I that also kind of felt cheap to me. Mm. Um. And uh, yeah, it was it was a very entertaining film. There's a sequence in Norway which is incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, this sort of like foggy mm. forest fight, which is really done well and very brutal. And there's this great little sequence with Ana de Armas. Mm-hmm. Um, but great. other than that, underutilized, I, maybe, definitely. Uh, well, she she actually couldn't she doesn't have to be in the movie like plot wise right. Um, right, right right. and uh yeah i thought it was kind of a bit of a bludgeoning mm. um
1: so yeah what what did, what did you think right but i'm going first right um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only child um uh yeah um so yeah, so I went into this. I enjoyed Casino Royale when I saw it a very long time ago. Um, I liked Spectre well enough when I saw it also a while ago, but didn't love it. And I I, I watched Skyfall just a couple days before, for the first time, just a couple days before I, I watched No Time to Die, which obviously I, I thought was, was incredible. Um, it was really interesting, like experiencing this right after that and just seeing the ways in which it obviously just does not meet the incredibly high and lofty expectations yeah. set by Skyfall and um, Casino Royale. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm of the opinion that Skyfall and Casino Royale, it ain't. But I also very much think that, you know, Spectre, and based on what I've heard about it, Quantum of Solace, uh, it also ain't. So it's kind of just like, a, you know, sure. for me, you know, just kind of middle-of-the-road Daniel Craig uh, Bond movie, which... Yeah, which I, I liked well enough. Um, you know, I had high hopes, uh, just because of the director. Mm. The director of our of our dearly beloved uh True Detective One, uh, True Detective Season One, um, Carrie Carrie jo- 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 Fug- Joji Fukunaga, yeah. Yeah. Um I I yeah, I don't know. There were definitely some moments where I felt like I was watching a Bond movie directed by him, directed by like a really, you know, Talented, sort of noteworthy director who cares a lot about the emotional stakes and the, you know, composition of his shots and all that kind of stuff. But not as, not as conscious as I felt, as I'm conscious of that as I felt while watching uh, Skyfall. And mm. even though I hadn't rewatched it, how I probably would have felt if I, if I had rewatched Casino Royale, sort of looking at it, not with my, you know, whatever, fourteen-year-old um, eyes that I, that I used to watch it, you know, when it first came out. Um. So yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it well enough. I'm probably not gonna have anything particularly insightful to say about this, to be honest. Um, I, I, I didn't really just it, the, the state that I watched it in. Like it was, it was very late. I was very tired. <laughs> I, I just didn't. And it's a long movie, obviously, so I didn't really like watch it. Sort of like sure. keeping track and of all of this kind of w- stuff. And when
0: you watch other films, you're alert. You're on eight hours of sleep. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yep, yep,
1: yep, yep. No, not a care or worry in the world uh, to my name. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I liked the fact that it it kind of felt like the logical conclusion. This is not an interesting or particularly new take, but I I liked the fact that it felt like uh, you know sort of like was the logical conclusion and fruition of everything that the daniel craig bond movies have been which is all sure. about highlighting like his grittiness his mortality the fact that he can you know when you cut him he does indeed bleed yeah um when you hurt him he he does indeed uh get scarred and you know the the time element of the movie end of the series, I think just really comes to fruition in this, both, you know, in the fact that we start with him sort of like having settled down and yearning for the opportunity to truly settle down. The fact mm. that we find out in the movie, again this is spoiler territory, that he has a daughter. Um which I know Pat loves having kids in movies. He just is a big fan that when you introduce a kid it just really, really takes off, as he um talked about in the aliens, uh in our aliens discussion um and in the fact that yeah that he does actually die at the end like it mm. just felt like I don't know I kind of was looking at it you know from a sort of um thematic point of view um just mm. thinking about the ways because that, that's such an aspect of the movie and I don't know if when they were releasing like the Pierce Brosnan movies or the stuff that came before that if there was as much of a self-consciousness oh, of God, the no. thematic no, elements no, no, of it no, 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 no. I think it was no. just a very different time in terms of like you know big blockbuster action films um so now there's just a little more of like that metatextual sort of or supertextual aspect of it um Well I also think those movies are also more british too
0: like yeah, the totally. sort of british snobbery yeah was more yeah
1: like, there's more of a poshness a more yeah, posh- yeah, yeah, and yeah. and still it's still like heavily in the world of camp not yes, not as yes, much as, yes, yes. Uh, like, I know I like, very much sort of sought to sever the ties to that world. And I think as they went along, just based on my understanding of it, they kind of fell more into that world and kind of lost some of that grit and the realism and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked the ways that it moved all of that along, mm. um, which I get the sense that you probably didn't. My
0: issue is that he's not actually an old man in this; he actually moves and fights like a really young guy. True. Um, I thought I'm also kind of tired of a certain kind of John Wicky kind of gunplay. Um, yeah. I'm just kind of t- I'm. It's just that kind of fighting originating in you know the great Indonesian film The Raid almost 10 years ago steal the gun, shoot them with the gun, cramp spaces, do, 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 do. I I just kind of got really, I I was pretty numb to it by, by the end of this film. I, I, there were a couple scenes in this film, which I do want to shout out. There's, there's a great scene when he and, um, Oh, what is her name? Uh, Uh, Madeline. Oh yes, yes, yes. Are in a car uh, the, uh, the Aston Martin and there's a guy who's shooting the car with a shotgun yeah. and he's actually getting close to penetrating the bulletproof glass Yeah, and there's a real kind of like that's when I was, well, first of all this was, I was very happy to be in a big screen for that but I was also like, oh okay I've never seen this in a Bond film Yeah, I've never seen this kind of like the, the bulletproof glass will actually snap and he's not really doing much to prevent it. No, and it's a callback to the first scene with there that involves ice breaking, right? And the sort of splintering of the bullet hole and the glass. Um, but yeah, no, I was just kind of, um, I just felt like the adventure, like when double when when Bond was gonna like join the the double o seven. I was like, okay, this is just going to happen. Yeah, like I kind of wanted a, him to drag his feet a little bit more. Sure, sure. Um, it, it's just kind of like screenwritery stuff. Um, yeah. I also think, um, and, and I don't want to. I think we have more to talk about uh, for for Mister Dune, but um, I also think that the villain is
1: just frankly not that interesting. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, there seems to be like too much there. I just felt like there was too much self-consciousness about Mm. the fact that he is like a bond villain and there were some moments that kind of went beyond that you can't where you know you have like him reflecting on the ways in which he is similar you know kind of like the, Mm. the, the other side of the coin that is james bond and I don't know when, when we were kind of in that register, I actually got kind of excited just because like, I thought of like the first season of true detective and some of those more like philosophical metaphysical gestures. And I was like, Oh, this will be interesting. But then it just, it just didn't really, it just didn't really do anything. It didn't really go sure. anywhere. And that, that felt remotely interesting that that didn't feel like it was just like, you know, the Joker and the dark Knight talking mm. to, you know, Bruce Wayne about how, you know, you're, you're, your order, I'm chaos, and w- ultimately we want the same thing. I don't know. I just didn't really buy that. And I don't know. I'm just like – there is not that a lot that I've seen Rami Mal- Rami and that I'm like – Sure. I totally buy into whatever it is that he does. Um, and that's well, – yeah. Well, oh, go ahead. Oh, I said – I haven't
0: seen the show. I haven't seen um, Mr. Mr. Robot. Robot.
1: Nor have I. But just I don't know. Just based on like clips that I've seen and obviously – fucking bohemian rhapsody um yeah i don't know it just like yeah and i guess i was kind of excited at first when i saw that he was in it just because like i thought of him as a good actor and i'm sure he is a good actor but right yeah i don't know just felt like a very very underwhelming and at times not, i don't know if it's cartoonish but just like a little bit too like bond villainy um hmm. sort of but you know i like christoph waltz for the The time that he was in the in the movie, I thought
0: that it was a cop out not having him wear the mask the whole time.
1: Oh yeah, I actually kind of wanted the mask the whole time. (laughs) I yeah, I wouldn't have been mad about it. I liked the opening sequence and the way that functions at the opening sequence.
0: Um, yeah, it it, it's interesting because he. I think the thing that makes Javier Bardem's villain in Skyfall so interesting is that he was an MI six agent. Right, right, right. And his whole shtick is like M sent me out to die, she left yeah. me out to to she hung me out to dry, and now I'm I'm coming back to get mine. Right. And that's really strong, especially in the court like what we also know now about like what our fucking government does in foreign countries and like what What our operatives? (laughs) Hypothetically, if the U S were ever to meddle in another country, sure, sure, sure. Um, we know that, you know, there's, there's, there's people who know where the bodies are buried. Right. And it's just tough to be like, okay, Remy Malik, like his parents died, but his parents also had a poison factory. (laughs) So now he's going to poison the, and there's like kind of these, uh, there's like this cartoonish Russian scientist. Yes. Fuck and, that and, shit. Fuck and, that shit. And there's a, a little bit of a sort of, um, gesturing at a sort of racial ethnic cleansing, mm-hmm. but it's all done very quickly and it's not taken itself seriously. So it's like, yeah, it's also like, I don't want to see a movie that about a pandemic about like, a. Uh, transmissible disease film <laughs> i think that it, i think it is a little bit too soon sure um sure i do
1: i i gotta say i do i do like the fact that i don't know if i necessarily buy like the entire you know every aspect of the disease and you know because mm. like it's there are like these robotic bacteria <laughs> that are like made specific to um uh, you know, a particular people's DNA or whatever, so it can only kill certain people or people who have a similar, a similar DNA. I don't know exactly. I can't remember it. Sure. But so while I didn't necessarily buy that, I do kind of like the fact that, and this is going back to the fact that I, I did appreciate the ending, the fact that, you know, what what makes Bond ultimately decide that he is going to just give up and let himself mm. die is the fact that he he if he does survive he will not be able to you know essentially be around or touch his wife or his his Mm. love and his and his daughter just because Mm. they because their dna is the is the stuff that's hardwired you know that the stuff is hardwired for Mm. and i i don't know i i do like that aspect of it maybe i'm maybe i'm soft maybe yeah maybe i'm just like maybe i'm i'm yearning for an emotionality that isn't supposed to be there but again it just feels like it's if we're gonna gonna have the grittiness of the daniel craig bond era which is what all all anyone talks about about you know about is that fact that it's gritty and the fact that it's realistic and all that kind of stuff i think that's that's kind of the other side of that like it kind of has to that has to be there but i like the fact that it's that it's there um and yeah and it's just again like there's sort of a realization of like yeah, his time being up, and also him not really having anything else to look forward to in this hmm. life, um, because he's just you know incredibly aware of the fact that the world has moved on without him. Even if he's not that old, he's just the 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 thing that he represents, or the 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 you know the the approach that he represents is just not something that coheres with MI6 at this current juncture. Right. Um, right. So yeah, I I did I did buy that aspect of like the main antagonistic force uh that is the that pandemic. I have a question about his daughter.
0: Do you think it's a stronger movie if she is not actually his daughter? There's a a, a scene when when Madeline goes when bond is like is is she mine and madeline goes no she's not Mm -hmm. do you think it's a stronger movie if it's actually not his child but he still chooses to go after her and save her
1: it's a good question it's a different it's a different thing sure like probably but it also doesn't it just doesn't i don't know it's just like it would be like every single like t would be crossed and every single i would be dotted except for that where Mm. it's just like in all of these ways we're symbolizing that he is you know moving on that this is a different kind of bond yeah um and it would just kind of, pre- I don't know, it would prevent it. And maybe and maybe that's nice. Maybe we don't hmm. want things to be so on the nose. But I don't know. I think I would like it. I think I would like, you know, mm. if, if it would probably be slightly stronger in some sense, the fact that he maybe, even though this child isn't his, you know, his, his flesh and bones. Uh, right. That, you know, sh- that he is still willing to take this on and that he has, you know, fully, I don't know, internalized, whatever, Uh, the importance of people and... and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There is that aspect of the movie as well, right? There are, I think the past few movies have sort of included like these moments of like acknowledgement or these moments of like repentance for sort of like the evils of the previous Bond movies. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that necessarily. That's all I'll really say about that. (laughs) Um, I mean... I guess it's good to some in some ways to, you know, indicate that it's not your it's not your it's not your dad's or your grandfather's James Bond, but I don't know. There's also all oh, yeah, all those kind of metatextual aspects of it. but maybe they have to be in there. I don't really know.
0: I guess they have to be, but at the same time it's like, how can you reckon with Sean Connery's Bond? Like it's so it's in such a different world that it just seems silly for to me at least even like reckon with that because like it just seems like reckoning with something from a different planet. Yeah. Totally. And I guess my, my next question for you is given how cynical we are about like government agents, um, the sort of power of the, you know, the, the imperialistic, you know, I, I guess let's just call it NATO. Sure. Um, do you think that like Bond should continue with the the woman who plays 007 now? Like do you, do you, do you buy it? You know, I mean cuz I think, you know, when when Ian Fleming wrote Bond, it was a, a a very sort of like rich text. Yeah. Yeah. But also it was a world of spies. There yeah. were actual spies and well it's, it was it's a, playing on Cold
1: War neuroses, which was totally, obviously on the present at the time.
0: Totally. Um do you think that like that archetype of a of a uh government agent even works now? I'm I'm not speaking about, about her her um her gender or her, her ethnicity. Right, 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 I'm I'm just speaking about like any oh, well, would, kind of would you though? I'm
1: just <laughs> yeah, I Ladies don't... and gentlemen,
0: that was a bit, <laughs> that was a bit.
1: I don't, yeah, I think so. I don't know. Okay. I mean, like if you're, if what you're getting at is sort of like the, you know, the, the fact that, yeah, there is an element of like, you know, propaganda at play here that sure. like, you know, one could obviously not necessarily buy into, but I, I'm not really convinced by that, I, I have seen some some takes about that where it's like oh it's another movie about like you know uh MI6 propaganda or whatever mm. it's like I don't I don't know I mean the, we have an entire episode in which we talk about you know like the discourse surrounding movies and yeah I think Spencer um Spencer Ryder on that movie was talking about Marvel movies and how like you know yeah. there are people who make all these cases like oh like it's military propaganda and he said like the fact that it's military propaganda is the least of like its sure, issues sure, sure. right so sure. to me it's like if the movies are well made and if there are also some moments that that do gesture towards the failing of these agencies of the fact that they, you know, do operate without oversight and the fact that they do, you know, oftentimes make the wrong decisions and, you know, do cause actual harm that makes it gives people an understandable and sort of justified vendetta against hmm. them and all they represent. Yeah, I, I don't have an issue with that. Um, sure. In the same way that I, well, you know, I, I, I'm okay I, with a with a really great neo western or a really great western well, being made tomorrow.
0: I, I'm just saying, like, well, I I guess I don't know what I'm. I guess I'm just saying, like, do people buy it? Not in the sense of like, are the sort of shades of British imperialism okay? Um, more more just like, is it is it still interesting? Like, I I less about is it morally okay is it it interesting you know what i mean because i I also just i also just because i watch a movie like bond and i'm like why are we learning more about like the money of the military industrial complex and like you know there's i i but maybe that's the whole fantasy because like warfare now is just like people getting like the card counter and then like people pressing okay on a computer to shoot right, drones. Right, right, I mean, yeah. Maybe there I'm is... just reckoning with that more.
1: Yeah, you probably are. But, you know, these are all good questions to ask. I mean, the, yeah, I mean, the reality of it is to be to be cynical about it is like, they they, they they won't ever interrogate that because, A, most people find it boring, and a good amount of yeah. people who matter to, you know, the audience and the, you know, or sorry, who matter in terms of the audience and also critics as well mm. will not like it you know it doesn't go down easily um they will you know deem it to be you know it's the same reason why there are so many fucking you know cop shows and fbi and cia and csi shows out there and like there is not one single one that highlights how these institutions are inherently flawed yeah because they would get pulled you know uh two seconds into the pilot um so So, yeah, that's my cynical answer to it. But I think it can still be interesting. Sure. I mean, Skyfall was interesting. Casino Royale yeah. was interesting. And yeah. it was interesting to see how they reconciled with the fact that, yeah, that this was a bond that was being created pretty much after, you know, in a post, uh, post-Cold post War, you know, mm. neurotic world, uh, theoretically mm. speaking, of course. Uh, sure, sure. So, yeah, I will be curious to see what they do with it. I will be curious to see, like, what, you know— interesting directors and writers are able to do with it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think that the, I think the future of, of James Bond is, is bright enough, hmm. but I don't know. I mean, I'm i I'm a relatively recent convert to this whole world. So I'm sure. not the best person to ask.
0: Well, I hope the future of James Bond, at least they have an editor in their future. Hey,
1: <laughs> oh, two hours
0: and a half. That was a little rough. Um... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I think overall, yay.
1: Yeah, I had a I had yay. a fine time. Yeah. Um yeah. would I have necessarily rushed to see it if there were, you know, if it if it if there were a bunch of other things at my, you know sure. within an arm's reach. I don't know, maybe not, but I'm glad that I sure. saw it. Uh it was fun and didn't make me dumber, which is more than I can say for a lot of these types sure. of movies. So I'll take it. Alright, well how about Another oh, we... another north of two two and a half hours um <laughs> extravaganza. Well at
0: least for me it's another deafening experience. Yeah. Let's let's talk about Dune. Um yeah. and I will truly
1: be on my best behavior mm-hmm.
0: and let you go first here. Sure.
1: Sure. Well, I'll start by saying what Dune is about. <laughs> um um <laughs> Do you have two and a half hours? Uh, yeah, I was like, should I put a timer clearing? on that? For yeah, you? that, that this, um... this is essentially what the movie is—is is explaining what Dune is about. Um, yeah, um, lights up on a young man by the name of Paul, who is, <laughs> um, essentially the child of a duke of this like of this house, uh, this this family that is very powerful. He's the son of a duke. And uh, he's having dreams and they may or may not give him insight into the future. That's him And then essentially, yeah I mean this t- this takes place in the very, very far future and the thing that is being sort of like fought over is uh, this spice that uh, essentially, allows you to experience every great feeling in the world but also engage in space travel and yeah. this uh this spice can be found on the planet Dune it goes by another name the it's Arrakis Arrakis also yeah. called Dune and um Paul's family becomes the sort of like new stewards of yeah. Dune and so they move there And the family or the house that had been pushed out by the, you know, emperor of this universe, galaxy, whatever, um, they're not too happy about that. And so they devise (laughs) a way to get Paul's family, Paul, er, 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 or Atreides, yeah. Names are really not my forte in general. So this movie is going to be rough for me. Um, Oh, boy. And you know I can do okay with Paul. That's that's totally fine. I can handle that. And Duncan Idaho, no problem. I'm good. But everything I mean... else, that's tough. Um, and yeah, it's pretty much just about it's about that. Most of the movie does take place on Dune and is just about the right. attack of of the other family onto the into the Atreides Atreides house Atre, Atreides Atreides
0: house of Atreides. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and then they're off to the races that's not a good explanation I don't I know that's you could pretty have at least explained it and then thrown it over to me but I guess I shouldn't complain about not being able to go first because this is what I get <laughs> um am I missing anything major there are there are large worms on dune that's very important very large sand worms.
0: Mm, the desert people have blue eyes. Desert people have blue eyes from the spice. The spice has sort of changed their eyes. Right, right. Um, yeah, what did you what did you think of this film? Had you read Dune before? No,
1: no. My you're not a sci-fi Dune, guy. I'm not a sci-fi guy. My exposure to Dune is limited to the 1992 PC game. Which, if you want to trip, watch a, like a, a long play of that on on YouTube, and you'll get a sense of of what that was. I watched my brothers, my older brothers, play it, and then I would also play it when I was younger. But I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I was literally just sure. like clicking around and just like I I just remember Spice. I remember them talking about Spice a lot. Yeah. Um, and eyes. I remember references to eyes as well. But yeah, that was my my uh, understanding of it. And I obviously knew about the, you know, the David Lynch 1984 version, which I had not seen, but I had heard plenty of and read plenty of. For those who were not in the know, that was a very tortured filmmaking process. And the movie was also like taken over by the studio and recut and made essentially incomprehensible and made like a worse version of what David He was Lynch really intended. young. Yeah, when they made that film, right? Like right. in his
0: filmmaking career, he was very young. Yeah,
1: um, so and and Dune is obviously known to be incredibly long, incredibly complicated. Really quick, David Lynch thing. Yeah. Do you know which big sci-fi movie he was approached
0: to direct in the eighties? Blade Runner. No. Return of the Jedi.
1: Wow, I did not know that. Yeah. Huh. What could have been? What could have been. It, could have been. it probably would have been worse than it ended up being. Yeah, I, I, I don't think he got. Yeah, just some From... things just don't fit, fit well. Um, yeah. Uh, so anyway, so that that was my understanding of it going into it. I just knew, I knew, yeah, all that kind of stuff. But, and I had obviously se- seen, um, some Villa uh movies prior to this i had seen Arrival I had seen some of Blade Runner enough to get an idea that oh this is this looked really nice and Roger Deakins is going to get uh, an Oscar for it uh and Sicario which hmm. I fucking we both fucking love that movie yeah um so yeah I went in, I did go in with high expectations based on the director based on the cast obviously it's it's a stacked cast and I really wanted it to succeed like i really liked the idea of this thing that was seen as unadaptable and impossible to you know sort of wrangle i liked the idea of it of it working and i liked the idea of yeah of us potentially having like a the next big epic series that again would not make you dumber you know as you every second uh of the way um and I really, I mean, I really liked the movie. I I thought <laughs> it was, I thought it was really great. I I loved how immersive it was. Obviously, just in the experience of seeing it on the big screen. Um, but I sort of love the fact that it doesn't apologize for itself. I like the fact that it like takes itself seriously. Um, that there aren't, you know, there probably is a certain level of like, I don't know, winkiness that exists in the book. Like, I'm sure there are moments of like levity and humor. I think if you have a, a movie. Or a book that features, you know, is set in the, in the, you know, ten thousand, the year ten thousand, whatever, and takes place in the galaxy. And you have one of your main characters' name, Duncan Idaho. You probably have something <laughs> resembling a sense of humor about these things. But yeah, I like, I like the fact that yeah, I just didn't apologize for, for like the heft of it all, and mm. that it took its time with establishing mm. the world. I mean, it helps that it is one of two movies that is official as of a couple hours ago, they have officially yeah. green, greenlit Dune 2. Um, so really, they have the luxury of being able to focus on whatever, the first half or the first third of the movie. And even if you just view it as like a two and a half long e- hour, two and a half hour long exercise in, in throat clearing, essentially, I liked the audacity that it took to have that be the case. Um, yeah, and I, I really loved all of the performances i liked the way that everyone was utilized um i i bought Mm. it all um it's a weird mishmash of of characters and that feels oddly perfect for for this movie again just based on my limited understanding of it um yeah looked beautiful sounded beautiful Mm. action scenes felt earned like i don't it didn't feel like i was watching just green screen after green screen uh yeah, I don't know. There's more there's more to say obviously. and We will say more, but those are my general hmm. the general things that I liked about it and I had a a perfectly a perfectly fine time. What
0: I I thought you? it was a masterpiece. I really thought it was a, a flat-out masterpiece. Wow. Like it's probably one of my favorite popcorn movies of all time. I It was so funny because I feel like I was just sold a false bill of goods from so many people who said like, oh, you know, it's boring, but like it sets you up for the next thing. Sure, 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 sure. You know, I can't wait for the next thing. So I was like, okay, all right. Well, let me still check it out. Fuck it. I was still blown away. I mean, my my jaw was on the floor (laughs) the whole time. Yeah. Right? I was not... I had a weird day yesterday. We get to the theater. The theater is pa- I mean this theater on a Monday was just packed with people. Sure. And we sit down and we watch the trailer for the Batman and then somebody at the end of the Batman says, "Oh, I'm excited for that movie." And then the whole fucking theater goes, Ah, ha, ha, "We're all excited." Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I looked to my girlfriend and I said, "I got to go. I had to go to that. <laughs> I had to excuse myself." I was just like, oh, boy. "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Um I thought the way the world was set up, um, the way characters are introduced, the way each character is so specific and so weird-looking and so yeah, well-conceived. I mean, honestly, I, I started to really think about Fellowship of the Ring during sure. this film. Yeah, I did as well. Yeah, Especially I, I at the, the end way. of the film where I was like, you know what? I actually don't need a second part. Yeah, like when he and Zendaya are like looking at each other and like making eyes at each other, I'm like, this is amazing. Yeah, this is like (laughs) really incredible, and I think this movie is so good because Timothy Chalamet, he 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 does the same thing in I think like, uh, like you know, listen, my my girlfriend has seen Little Women 27 times, (laughs) and she's seen Lady Bird 127 times, so she's like. Same thing in Ladybird, same thing in Little Women, and sure. kind of the same thing here, but it's great. It's great. I, I thought Jason Momoa was incredible. Oh, MVP. I thought MVP. I thought uh, Javier Bardem was incredible. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm not. I'm actually not going to be a cliche because I will just say, name every actor sure, and sure, say sure, that sure. they're incredible. I, I loved that uh, everyone was kind of shot in shadow. Yeah. Um, you know, in in the f- the battle scene, ex- especially the bombing of their city on um. Why can't I think of the planet? Arrakis. 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 The bombing of the city was just so violent, yeah, and so scary, yeah, and it's really hard to make cgi explosions feel terrifying yeah but that sequence is really powerful yeah and you're like oh boy you see the missiles come out in this sort of like beautiful sort of like figure eights and yeah yeah yeah. um this like ugly space bagpipe jam (laughs) and it's it's really fucking powerful it's a wonderful movie it's like i i i'm i i gotta say i mean i salute denny for you can definitely tell that he's stuck to his guns yeah totally and that i don't see i mean you know it's violent too like when Stellan skarsgård's character gets uh the poison breath on him oh yeah, yeah yeah and they walk in the room and he's on the ceiling like wheezing like yeah this, yeah exercised demon i mean that's pretty fucking ballsy for a movie like that yeah um
1: yeah it feels like it it feels like it it, yeah it 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 takes advantage of every opportunity afforded to it by being a movie you know a huge movie with a 165 million dollar budget you know in the year 2020 and uses it for good as opposed to using it for evil because it just it could have just it could just as easily have have been used for evil and i even when i saw the first preview i was like again i want this to work oh but I i don't know if it's going to i mean i think i spoke about it
0: on the pod yeah i was just like not excited for this film
1: yeah I was like, I don't want to do it. I I, yeah. I don't want to do it. Well, you probably you probably uh, imagined that they might make it super sanitized, and might make it mm. super marvelized, or you know, uh, certain aspects of the you know Star Wars sequel trilogy eyes, You know, um,
0: or I thought they were going to use Timothy and Zendaya as. Um more kind of like matinee
1: idol yeah 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 yeah.
0: but they yeah. really weren't
1: i mean zendaya is barely in the movie she's barely in the film yeah. um
0: but yeah i i i liked that it it also wasn't like a, a sort of gen z kind of like yeah totally tumblr love fest either yeah yeah um, i agree with that yeah i i, I think this movie's a masterpiece it might be I, one of the best it it might go down as one of the best blockbusters of recent time. I hope it does.
1: Yeah. I hope it does. I don't buy uh, there I, this happens all the time. I don't get it. Like I'm I am obviously very uh skeptical of, you know, certain iterations of stan culture or most all iterations of stan culture probably. So I'm not like yeah. a, you know, I'm not I'm not uh behind the, you know, timothy chalamet you know gifts, uh twitter account sure. or whatever but like sure i don't i i get annoyed by the people who just like take every opportunity to be like oh he's not actually a good actor or actually he's not attractive or yeah i don't know all that kind of stuff mm. and i feel like that crowd was coming through in this in this movie as well being like oh he's not even acting in this movie or he doesn't even like but do he anything he he does a lot but he doesn't need to be yeah, well, especially especially what he is in the first half of the movie, right? Like he yeah. is a, a royal version of yeah of of Luke yeah. from Star Wars. Like he's mm-hmm. not Luke from Star Wars, you know. Um, uh, yeah, like he Luke Skywalker, I believe is is, is his full title. Sure. Um, yeah, like there needs to be growth there, and he is just kind of like a sp- spindly, spindly little kid who is. Mm. I don't know if he's a brat necessarily, but, yeah, doesn't really have a lot, you know, of charisma to him. And, yeah, has a certain level of skepticism about the sort of, like, messianic aspect of, you know, the Ar- Arrakis lore or whatever. And you obviously see him sort of, you know, grow into his new, uh, you know, the fact that greatness has been thrust upon him um, right. in the latter you know whatever third fourth of the movie. So, I don't know. I was going in just expecting to kind of be like disappointed by him, but like I thought he did everything he needed to do and was like a really great choice for the movie.
0: I thought he absolutely killed the final scene. He has a duel. Yeah. to kind of prove his metal. Mhm. And I I think he, ki- I mean, he literally kills the person. But I thought he really <laughs> right. killed that performance, and he
1: showed a different,
0: different side of him. You know? Yeah.
1: Did you, uh, did you miss your boyfriend, Roger? I did,
0: but there were enough lens flares in this movie to keep sure, me, sure, keep me satisfied. <gasps> okay, all right. And and I will say the best parts. of... The best cinematography in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which was directed by Denis, shot by Roger, are in this are in Las Vegas, this sort of abandoned futuristic Las Vegas, mm-hmm. which is a desert, right? So it's a lot of oranges. Um and the cinematographer Greg Fraser pretty much took that blueprint and applied it to this whole movie. Yeah. I Mean it's stunning. I mean the, the sands are stunning and Yeah. And the worm the big the big worm in the room. It looks <laughs> great. It doesn't yeah. look
1: fake. Doesn't look like a butthole. Doesn't
0: look like a butthole. Um Yeah. I uh I was a little hot and cold about the sort of fighting with the red and blue. Yeah. You know what I mean? They like yeah. cl- cloak themselves in this shield. But whatever. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat that. I'm not gonna beat that to
1: death. Kind of reminded me of watching a movie like like in the early stages of like 3D. Like it kind of reminded me of like watching Spy Very Kids. 3D. Spy Kids. Yeah. Yes, yes. Wow. exactly like go. Spy Kids. Twins. Um Twins. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would agree. I would agree with that. I I, I didn't necessarily buy that in the way that i bought like literally every other like visual flourish in the movie Mm. um oh what's the what's the thing that unites this these movies bond and yeah yeah and dune oh jesus give me a hint. there's a person it's a person who is involved with the movie not Phoebe Waller-Bridge's. Nope.
0: Nope. I don't know. Give me tell me. Hans Zimmer.
1: The score. Oh. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> God, I Sorry. mean Maybe that was too. Maybe that was. I'm I'd kind of I'm that. kind of over him, but like I mean the guy works. It's a pretty pretty
1: good soundtrack. I mean yeah. it's so loud. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the entire movie is, is very loud. I did not see this one in IMAX. I saw No Time to Die in IMAX, but I decided to what, save save five bucks.
0: What was your What was your favorite character from a production design standpoint, like the costume, the makeup, whatever?
1: Oh, that's a good question, huh? I mean, probably I. Uh... Is is Stellan Skarsgård too? Is that is that too? That's my obvious? favorite. Yeah,
0: yeah. it's inc- I mean, hideous. Yeah,
1: yeah. One of the f- the first time in a very long time that I really like felt that way about a character. Um, it's been that way for for me since like Lord of the Rings. That's what I was thinking. I was like, that's it. That's probably yeah. Really, just
0: uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, he's not hot. It's like a villain no. who isn't also hot. they're just like we don't have to do this
0: no and the way he moves like he his back is powered by this sort of a engine that allows him to float yeah
1: yeah yeah i would say yeah that's definitely definitely my favorite my favorite character from that from that from that standpoint um yeah no i'm 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 really excited i'm i am i will actually be very much looking forward to uh dune dune 2 um i'll be really curious to see like how zendaya yeah just like what she's like in the movie like i think she is great but there have been some things that i've seen her in where i'm like oh i can't i mean Mm. the the thing that comes to mind is malcolm and marie which that movie suffered from zero direction at all and there was like no discipline to either of the actors um in that in that movie so there was a moment that was just a moment where i was like oh i wanted to really love zendaya and this even though like she does good work i didn't really i i don't know i just i was very self-conscious of like i, I was very conscious of the fact that i was like watching the zendaya you know that i have loved like in euphoria Ugh. um and obviously she's just so plopped in a different world in literally mm. in a different world in this movie so i'll be curious to see yeah how she sort of sheds that incredibly modern and contemporary sort of vibe that she, you know, that she carries with her. Yeah. I Which don't I, I feel like I also, she'll be able to do.
0: I also think she's a movie star and like, you know, she just like put the, put the suit on and, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's it, true. Is,
0: it was kind of electric though, when they first see each other, like in person. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like,
1: and, their, I never, and I mean, I, I rarely feel that way when I watch a film. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of cringe because like everyone is posting about it, like, oh my god, like Zendaya yeah. and Timothy Chalamet are besties. But their their dynamic does seem to be be very yeah very charming, uh, yeah, and very much delightful.
0: Better than hers with fucking Tom Holland. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy.
1: Well, yeah. Well, we know why you don't like him. Uh, <laughs> he's British. Everyone. Yeah. um yeah no i i really fucking liked the movie um i had a really a really great great time with it do you think it's gonna get do do you think uh best picture best picture nominee do you think it's gonna take that requisite best picture best director best production design best cinematographer oh yeah yeah, yes all the all the best sound design yeah i I mean i knew that it would get all those things obviously but i was curious to see if it would sort of like inhabit like that you know blockbuster sort of you know, slot. i
0: also think people are gonna see this movie yeah and academy members will see it totally i'll bet you they see this more than they see um uh like red
1: rocket <laughs> i think that's safe to say you know <laughs> i think that is safe um, to say.
0: even i might even say that they'll see this movie before they see the french dispatch
1: yeah totally yeah, um, I think yeah, I think it probably stands a better chance of getting nominated for a lot of that stuff. Then yeah, yeah, I think people, I think people want to root for. I think it's just like there's kind of like it's like a what's what yeah, is there see. not to root for at this point with this movie?
0: All right, I have to do it. Yeah, Oscar odds twenty twenty two. Dune is plus nine hundred. Okay, so what is plus nine hundred
1: means nine to one. Mhm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Well, you you heard it here folks. Put that you money down. Here. Put that money down. Um yeah, I don't know. I like I said I I, I, I feel subconscious I don't have, uh, you know, a ton of interesting things to to say. Oh, I I I liked I don't know. I was actually I've been thinking about this in the context of the Phantom Menace, like a movie that is obviously okay. plagued with like all this inter, you know, this galactic politics and trade stuff and all that kind of you just you just don't get the import of any of it in that movie yeah it is it's it is one of several things that prevent that movie from working to its full potential and i i did really feel that in this movie like that it was fun to be in that world because like i do think about those things obviously like i think Mm. about the the exploitation of this planet and these people and yeah, and just like what is at stake with like the fact that they are just all of this is happening because of you know a drug essentially. Um, yeah, and I bought that aspect of the movie. Like I liked, I almost like craved more of it. Like I wanted like the you know I wanted. To well, see more I also of the think that the, that
0: to the movie's credit, it doesn't uh, make over give you too much. Doesn't let you overdose on exposition. Yeah. That it's just true. enough breadcrumbs to keep you, yeah, you know. And I like the mystery too. You know, I like that so many of the the like the emperor is like the shadowy figure. You don't really know who what's going on with him. the The evil family, the Harkonnens, you don't
1: really right. know a lot about them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's just kind of like it, there's a sort of like pulpy quality to it, and maybe mm. that's not there in like the in the book. Like I'm sure because it's because because of how thorough the book is and how long it is maybe we do get that but i kind of just bought it as like oh yeah these are for the sake of this movie these are the bad guys this yeah. is like the shadowy like overlord who's you know orchestrating all this kind of stuff i will be curious we don't know who it is like the we don't know who the actor is right who plays the em- the emperor
0: no i have no idea okay I yeah no idea.
1: Idea. i wonder who it's gonna be why don't you volunteer um well i need to i i'll I'll be out of the mfa program probably while they when they start filming so sure yeah i'll slate for that i'll slate for that um yeah that's kind of that's all that's all that i've got do you have any closing thoughts on on dune or have you given it have you given it all that you have i like that people i like
0: that it's a meme too i like that it's very memeable Sure. I like that people are just talking about it. They're getting excited about it. They're like, ha Duncan Idaho. What the fuck is up with that name? <laughs> and then like, you know, Jessica and Paul. Like, why are these names so... No- I, I like all the sort of memification of this film.
1: Yeah. It's good yeah. that people are talking about it. It might be the closest that we have to, you know, to to what Lord of the Rings once was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it
1: doesn't have like the you know the automatic, you know built-in, whatever of of a you know of a new Star Wars movie or a new Marvel mm. movie or whatever. So it does kind of feel exciting to just see. Well, it because
0: emerge. the the stands of Dune are like old guys in their fifties, <laughs> right? Right. You know what I mean? Like real kind of like pencil pushing sci fi guys. Yeah. Um, which is a blessing. I think yeah, I was gonna case. say the
1: real the real unsung heroes, the real essential workers. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, we've gone to England.
1: <laughs>
0: we've gone to Arrakis. Mm-hmm.
1: Where are we going next? I I think I'm going to France. I think I'm going to France for the French Dispatch next. I'm
0: I'm going to um. Where where where's Zelda? Hyrule. Hyrule. He's going
1: to Hyrule. Yeah. <laughs> Hyrule. rule. Yeah. Where's that movie? Yeah, I'm f- boy, Denis, that's what that's that where next. you go.
0: That's where you go after you sniff the spice.
1: Yeah, <laughs> can only hope. Um, Pat, what do you uh, what nothing. any updates on? No, nothing. Okay, not gonna nothing. Not gonna speak on that.
0: I'm not gonna shoot myself in the foot again.
1: Okay. That's that's smart. What about uh, you? Don't you have something uh, coming
0: out, publish publishing wise?
1: Uh, I do actually. The uh, when this episode comes out this episode comes out on thursday and on thursday um, i will have a new poem out in uh the magazine prelude that's p-r-e-l-u-d-e um yeah you can find that in the show notes um the poem is not fun so just be aware of that i know like ha 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 john's poems aren't fun what are you talking about this is Pat knows this poem. This is, like, one of the one of the, the classics. This is one that he has, I think, shown people when he's like, oh, this is the kind of stuff that my friend John writes. What um, is it? Which one is it? It's a poem called uh, Watching You Die. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This is a poem I wrote several years ago. It was one of the first – I think it was the first poem I wrote in the wake of a very terrible thing that happened to me. I've sent this poem out so many times for so many years, and – it had i sent it out like when i started the mfa program because i knew it was probably going to be the last time i would i would send it out cuz i would probably be writing new stuff that i'd be more excited about mm. and i had heard back from like every magazine except for this one and it was like in their queue or whatever for like i think over a year and a half maybe 2 years and i was going to just withdraw it so i could submit something else to them But I decided not to because there was uh, an application or a submission fee, like a $3 submission fee. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just reach out to them and be like, hey, I just want to hear back about this poem. It probably is not accepted, but whatever. And like within 10 minutes, maybe less, maybe like five minutes, they got back to me and were like, oh, we would like to publish this poem. And I was like, I'm really glad that I didn't just withdraw it and assume. So let this be a lesson to all you, whatever, submitters out there. Uh, Just, uh... Don't give up. Don't give up on your dreams. Uh, so anyway, you might want to after reading yeah, this poem. Yeah, but... yeah. Don't, against all of your impulses after reading this piece, do not give up on your dreams. Uh, so yeah, that poem is published there. If you if you like that and want to read more uh, of of my stuff, you can find my link tree on my Instagram uh, at John Lemay, and you should follow our podcast Instagram if you have not done that yet where you can stay posted on the goings on uh, of of the podcast and as ever if you like what you hear if you like what you hear please leave a rating and review please recommend this or other episodes to your pals and check out these movies and if you feel comfortable and safe go to the movies mm. keep the dream alive keep the dream alive And we'll be keeping the dream alive. And if you cough at a
0: movie theater, (laughs) make sure it's into the crook of your arm.
1: Yeah, and make sure you are uh, as far away from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania as possible. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's all I've got. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Pat. Au revoir. Bye bye.